I said, I don't feel anything toward you. I don't feel, I feel nothing. I just felt empty and I felt like I'm not supposed to do this. One week before my wedding, we decided we're going to call it off. Hello, 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 and welcome to Bella's World, where I talk all things life, travel, personal, heart. I basically just share the stories from the places I've been and the lessons that I've learned along the way. And whoever is listening, do I have a story for you? I am Cassie Isabella. I am a travel content creator and group travel curator. I create group trips for diasporans all over the world. I have stories on stories on stories. My life is a movie and that is why I have created this podcast to share the experience that I've been through. I believe that the human experience is an interconnected one and that we are here to inspire one another and that what we go through is not just for ourselves, it's is for others as well. You just never know how what you have gone through will inspire somebody else to just keep going another day. So I hope that as you listen to this podcast, as you listen to my story, you will feel inspired. I just pray that you're able to take something away from what I share and from what the people who come on my podcast eventually share as well. So my intro episode, I am sharing the story of how I got into travel, which is a pretty traumatic story i'm not gonna lie i was engaged and called off my wedding the week before the wedding yes i did and that led me on the trajectory to start a group travel company to start travel content creating and to travel the world and essentially just change my entire life and so i share this story to bring light into anybody else's dark season that may feel like it's the end of the world like i felt and may feel like this is the end because it's not. It wasn't the end for me and it's not the end for you. I hope that you'll tune in and subscribe and listen again because I've got many more stories like this to share. You can also find a visual of me sitting down and sharing this story with you on my YouTube channel. That's Bella Worldwide. And all of my episodes will be found on the channel as well there. You can follow me on Instagram at Bella Worldwide on Twitter at Bella Worldwide underscore. If you're interested in group travel, follow the Roaming Republic. So on that note, here goes. So we're going to rewind it all the way back to 2010. So 2010 is when I met my fiance at the time. We're going to call him Jerry. Okay, so I met Jerry in 2000. No, I met him in 2009 and we started dating in 2010. So early 20s. I was like 20, 19, 20. That's when we started dating. We met in the church. So back then I was heavily, 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 heavily Christian. Now, when I say heavily, heavily Christian, I mean like skirts down to my ankles, like waiting till marriage, the whole nine yards. My life was dedicated to Christ, to the church, to being the perfect Christian woman, to being the perfect example for my younger sisters, to being the perfect Christian girlfriend, and to just setting an example for everyone around me. I was like, heavy heavy christian like too deep christian okay that's how we met we were both very active in the church we were both like youth leaders and doing all kinds of stuff literally my life was around church right so we started dating 2010 i came from a single parent home he came from a single parent home and both of us were navigating this relationship without any examples as to what healthy love looked like and in my mind because we were waiting till marriage that was our relationship we literally never had sex the entire six and a half years we were together um 
I felt like because I'm doing things God's way, this has to be God's will. This relationship has to work out. And it's, 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 it's meant to be. Not realizing that in order for a relationship to be healthy and to last, there's so many more other components that are required besides just waiting till marriage. Like, I didn't know that at the time. I felt like we're so perfect. If we're waiting, we're doing things God's way, then this is it. How about therapy? How about healing from your childhood trauma? How about mother wounds and father wounds and, and all these things that will affect how I engage in the relationship? Um, so what ended up happening is our relationship became very, very toxic. I was really jealous and insecure and controlling. And he was doing so many things throughout the relationship that was just like crossing boundaries. That's just like when you're in a relationship, you just don't do. So we were in this continuous cycle of like on and off, on and off, on and off. However, when we started dating, we said we're dating with the intention to marry. That's what our goal was. So we did premarital counseling after one year. And after like a month of sessions, our pastor at the time was like, you guys are ready for this. You guys are ready to get married. Even though there were so many unhealthy things happening, so many things that needed to be addressed, he was just like, no, you guys are good. So we continued dating and continued breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together over like the most foolish things. But what kept me in that relationship, even though it was toxic and unhealthy and I was becoming unhappy and I was losing myself, was this idea that God wants us to be together. Like this is God's will. We're waiting till marriage. And if we have any inkling that we shouldn't be together, it's the enemy who's coming in between us. Like that's literally what my mindset was. And that's what kept me there for the longest time. And I think what he would say would kept him as well for the most part. Um, but the relationship was so unhealthy. We were literally fighting every other day, breaking up every other day. Because we were so young and impressionable, I was just dedicated to being who he wanted me to be. And I felt like he was dedicated to being who I wanted him to be without giving each other the space to figure out who that is without the influence of somebody else. So what I thought he wanted from a Christian girlfriend and a Christian wife, those were all the things that I was doing. Those were all the things that I chose to do. What what he thought I wanted from a Christian husband, from a Christian partner, he was just like a very much a yes man. Like whatever I wanted, yes, cast, yes, cast, yes, cast. And um, I really think that that is large part because we were so young, so impressionable in the church. And like our entire personality was based on church. Outside of that, we had no identity. We didn't figure out what we like outside of each other, what we don't like. We didn't figure out what we wanted in a partner outside of them being Christian. None of that stuff I knew. All I knew was I wanted a Christian partner and that's it. Like I didn't know anything about compatibility, about um about healing about emotional intelligence about what i should re require what i shouldn't require none of that it was just christians that so were good so we continued on and off on and off on and off and um i lost myself in that relationship alongside of me being in that relationship i was also raising my little sisters so it wasn't just this relationship that um travel saved me from in general i was living my life for everybody but myself so I had I had got legal guardianship of my little sisters when I was 20 years old. That's another long story. And I was raising them. And then I was in this relationship where I was dropping all of my own dreams and aspirations to help him in what he was doing. At the time, I was um, starting my own event planning company. And I stopped that to help him launch his business and just dedicated my whole life to like, I'm going to be a wife. I'm a sister mom. 
and my sisters are going to live with us. So I need to be the perfect example for them. And that's what the my entire 20s consisted of from 20 to 27 ish. I literally just spent my life living for everybody else but myself. And I lost myself. I truly lost myself. I didn't know who I was outside of these identities of girlfriend, of sis, big sister, who's saving the family, who's saving the day. I didn't know who I was outside of, oof. I didn't know who I was outside of these identities. And I, 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 the, that made me who I was, you know, without these. Like, what did Cassie like? What did Cassie not like? What did Cassie want for herself? I didn't know anything else besides that, you know? I didn't realize at the time because I loved it and I thought it's what I wanted for myself and I had no problem doing those things, but I was losing myself. I gained so much weight. I gained at least 50 pounds. I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I hated how I looked. I was unhappy. I, I guess that's when I realized something's gotta give. Like, you're not happy here. You're really unhappy here. And there was many times when I broke up with my ex at the time. And then again, we'd get back together because of comfort. Outside of like the issues we had, he was really good to me, you know, and uh, our relationship was also very codependent. I needed him for a lot of things. He was so supportive of me with my sisters. He stepped in in ways that a lot of people would never do. We were good to each other for what it was worth, but there was still a lot of toxicity and unhealthiness in that relationship. And the biggest part was that we couldn't be our full selves with each other, which is probably the most important part of a relationship. And I don't know if I want to, I don't think I want to go too much into detail as to other stuff that happened. Like there were a lot of lying, not outright cheating in the relationship, but just like boundary crossing, like things that were happening with other women that was just like, why are you doing that? That's not something you do when you're in a relationship. It was a lot of that happening all the time. And me being so insecure and unsure of myself, was, that was super triggering for me. So I was constantly being triggered in that relationship. I was constantly questioning my worth in that relationship. I was constantly feeling like, am I good enough? Why am I not good enough? Why am I not enough for you? Why do you always need to find somebody else to fill these spaces and these gaps? Like that was how I was always feeling in that relationship. But I stayed. I stayed for comfort. I stayed because of codependence. I stayed because a lot of times I felt like, what if there's nothing better out there for me? I stayed because I felt like this is who God wanted for me and that we just need to fight through these temptations and these these things that the devil is putting in our way to break us apart. And I just need to fight through those things. And that if I could, we would be okay. And we would come out of this stronger and better and with a testimony to share with others. And that's what I felt. So that why I stayed, you know, but I stayed while I was losing myself. I stayed while I was hurting. I stayed because I thought it was the right thing to do. I have to set an example for my little sisters who have never seen a healthy relationship. And I felt like it was my duty to show my sisters that healthy love does exist and that that we in our family can get married and and have the the ideal family lifestyle. I just wanted to set that example for them so bad. And I didn't want to be wrong. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to fail them. And I stayed because of all those reasons. None which had anything to do with my worth, what I wanted for myself, or anything like that. All the reasons that I was staying were the completely wrong reasons. So I stayed. I stayed. So 2014, on our four-year anniversary, he proposed, and I said yes. I remember feeling like, if we get to the altar, I'm cheating God. Because deep down inside, I knew that this relationship was not something 
that should be heading into marriage. I knew that it was so unhealthy and that we were both so unhappy and that it wasn't it wasn't where we should be. But I felt like if we make it to the altar, I can cheat God and ha ha. I'm going to get the ring. I'm going to get the husband. I'm going to get the life. Even though I knew deep down inside it wasn't where I should be and what I was supposed to be doing. So that's the feeling that I felt throughout the engagement. Don't get me wrong. I was happy. I was over the moon. I At the time, I felt like this is the man I want to marry. It's the man I'm supposed to marry. But deep down, there was this feeling of like, uh-uh. I don't know. I don't know. There was always a doubt. There was always a doubt deep down. So we got engaged in May 24th, 2014. I remember February 2015, I had just found our apartment that we were going to move into because we were waiting till marriage for everything. We were waiting till marriage to move in together, waiting till marriage to have sex, waiting till marriage to travel together. So neither of us had been outside of North America. We wanted to wait till marriage to do everything, right? So I remember I had this unsettling feeling. I had this constant voice in my head that was saying, you need to let go of this man. You need to leave. You need to let go of this man. And I could never shake it. I could never, ever shake it. And it got to the point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I I sat him down and we, we had a conversation. I remember we were parked in this parking lot and I was like, listen, our wedding is supposed to be May 2015. And this is now February 2015. But I tell him, I don't I don't remember the exact words, but I remember the feeling and the emotions that we had. Oh, this is what I said to him. I said, I don't feel anything. I said, I don't feel anything toward you. I don't feel, I feel nothing. I just felt empty and I felt like I'm not supposed to do this. And he was like, I know that like, I'm not what you deserve. He said something along the lines, I know that I'm not what you deserve and I'm not everything that you 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 deserve but I can be that I can be that I promise you I can be that and we were just crying something inside of me said like there's more I know that what I'm getting in this relationship is not what I deserve and I need to and I want more and I just felt emptiness you know I was tired of questioning my worth I was tired of feeling like I'm not good enough I was tired of feeling this roller coaster of like okay he's doing all these good things for you but there's also all these terrible things that he's doing that are not good and this up and down of holding on to the good while questioning whether the bad is bad enough to leave, you know? That's where I was. I didn't have anything to compare this to. We were dating since I was 20. He's all I knew in my 20s. So I don't really know if I'm making the right choice to leave. I don't know if it gets better than this. Am I leaving good in hopes for something that I'll never find? So we cried, we cried, and... I spent a week fasting and praying. And at the end of the week of fasting and praying, I decided like, I'm good. I felt good and I felt happy. And I was like, okay, I can do this. We'll do this. Not realizing that the fasting and praying was just a spiritual boost. It wasn't necessarily a spiritual boost to say like, go ahead and do this. It was just, I just generally felt good after a week of fasting and praying. So we decided we're going to go through that with this. We're happy. Fast forward now to April. He's moving into the apartment that I had found and we're sitting inside the apartment after he's um, ready, getting ready to move in, laying on the floor. And I say to him, I have a feeling like there's somebody else in the picture. I was like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the way you're behaving with me is as if there's another woman in the picture. So basically in our relationship, we spent every waking 
moment together. He would pick me up from work. If he was going to a function, I was going there. If he couldn't go, I wasn't going. If I couldn't go, he wasn't going. We were literally connected like this. We were so codependent and attached that it was like disgusting. So that dynamic was shifting. And so when you're like that, you can notice every little change, you know, and also I was anxiously attached at the time. That's another episode talking about attachment styles. But at the time I was anxiously attached so I could feel every little shift and change in his behavior. So I started to notice that behavior and I was like, I feel like there's somebody else in the picture. And he was like, no, babe, like there's nobody else. I would never do that to you. I love you. Like, da 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 da. Trust me. And I was like, okay, cool. So we carried on. He moved into the apartment and I gave up my lease and the apartment was so beautiful. I told my landlord, I'm going to move out because I'm getting married and he didn't want to move into the apartment that we that I was living in. He, he wanted us to get somewhere new together. So my landlord was like, are you sure, please, I can do this? And I was like, no, I got to go. We're moving out. So I gave up my lease. I gave her my final notice and she found somebody new, right? Also key information. So now it's April, right? Our wedding's May 24th, 2015. It is now April 2015, okay? So beginning of May, he goes on this retreat, right? And he comes back like on some like, eat, pray, love, namaste, like I'm a changed man type-ish, right? And I'm like, okay. So he comes back from this retreat and he tells me he needs to tell me something. He pulls up to my house, takes me into his car and drives like to this park nearby, right? And I'm like sitting inside the car like, okay, what do you have to tell me? And he tells me that he cheated on me. That a month before, the time when I felt that there was somebody else in the picture, he had met somebody else and that he cheated on me and he's sorry and all this kind of stuff. And that, yeah, he's just basically sorry he cheated. I just start crying, first of all. I start asking him questions about it. And I call my mom, who's currently on her way from Ottawa to Toronto, which is a four-hour drive, because it's three weeks before the wedding. And she was coming to be part of my bachelorette party, right? And I tell her that Jerry cheated and we're not getting married anymore and she was like okay just call me she's like okay whatever you decide i support you i'm still coming so she's like i'm still driving up so she still comes and i'll be here for you details are unimportant okay essentially we had no business getting married for one and for two our relationship was just so toxic and we were both so unhappy so it was like he was somebody at the beginning of the relationship and I was somebody at the beginning of the relationship. Remember, we're 20 and 22. So who that is at that age and who that is by the time we're now engaged or four or five years into a relationship is going to be two different people. But we weren't allowing each other the space and the freedom to grow and change. So it was like I had these shackles on him. He had these shackles on me. And neither of us was granted the freedom to grow and change and discover who we were within that relationship. So we both felt very trapped in different ways in the relationship and very suffocated in the relationship in different ways. And so 
he met somebody who gave him a breath of fresh air, so to speak, in the midst of everything we were going through, the pressure, we're about to get married, we're about to be stuck to each other for life. And I don't think neither one of us had the words or the language to express or explain what we were feeling in the relationship, you know? We just knew that we were unhappy. We knew that both of us felt controlled and and we weren't being our best selves in that relationship at the minimum. So he met somebody in the midst of what we were going through, whatever happened between them. And he's told me about this now. Here we are. You know, if you're unhappy in a relationship, leave. Don't cheat. Don't find happiness elsewhere. But sometimes people don't have the emotional maturity to do that. Sometimes people just want to have their cake and eat it too. Sometimes people are horrible people and just cheat. So I'm not making excuses for it, but I had time after the relationship to process what happened, to understand our relationship, my part in the relationship in, in, in its demise, not in his cheating, that's his choice, but in the relationship's demise, where I could have gone better, what I could have done better. And I understand that now. So I don't hate him. We became very good friends after. Obviously, we've had to not be friends anymore because it's just unhealthy. But I understood because I was in the relationship with him and I grew, I evolved, I healed, I took accountability for my actions. And so I could understand where we both went wrong and why that relationship wasn't working. You know, you have to be able to do that if you want healthy relationships in the future. If you can't say where you went wrong in a relationship, then you have no business heading into a new one. You know what I mean? So I'm very big on self-awareness, healing, accountability, and figuring out where I went wrong so I don't make those mistakes again. And that's the path that I took after our relationship ended. So anyways, we are now three weeks before the wedding. So now we have to figure out what we're going to do. So we spend the next two weeks going back and forth. He tells his family what happened. I tell my family. My mom comes and goes back home. And we're deciding now for two weeks, are we going to get married still or are we not going to get married? Yes. My silly ass still wanted to marry this man. I loved him so much. I was like, you know what? I get it. I understand what happened. I see where we went wrong. I see where our flaws are. And we also went through this whole like the retreat thing helped him. And like we read this book. I just felt like, you know what? We have tools now to help us have a healthier relationship. So let's just go ahead with the wedding anyways. I think I was more so just afraid of the embarrassment, afraid of the failure, that I was just willing to do whatever to just let's make it work, you know? So we toiled two weeks back and forth, crying, talking, deliberating on whether we were going to go forward with this or not. And in the end, we decided that we were going to call off the wedding. And that was the week before the wedding. One week before my wedding, we decided we're going to call it off. Yes. One week. It was May 19th or 18th. I don't remember. But the weekend before May 24th, which is when we were going to get married, we sit down in the apartment we were supposed to be moving in together, crying, holding each other, and accepting the fact that this relationship that we thought we were going to have forever is done. That this person I'd been with for five and a half years now at that time, I was no longer going to be with anymore. This person who, the first person I thought, well, the second, because my first love I thought I was going to marry too. First person I really thought I'm going to get married to, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, I am no longer going to be with anymore. And it's emotional just because I'm a Pisces and I cry over everything and I'm re-feeling the emotion that I had at that moment, you know? It was 
a really it was pro at the time it was the most traumatic thing i had ever experienced and it was embarrassing it was like i waited till marriage i'm in church i'm such a good big sister i'm such a great girlfriend i'm such a great partner how is this happening to me i did everything right why is this happening to me and you know at the time too we were in a circle of friends and all of our friends were getting married as well. So we were watching all these people get married around us and get engaged around us. And here I am having to call off my wedding, which at the time was the most devastating and heart-wrenching thing I ever had to do, you know? And it's funny because I forgot how painful it was because I've healed and I've done so much work from it and I've moved past it. But this is the first time where I'm really sitting in and feeling those feelings again and remembering how it felt to sit there and lose, be losing what I thought was my everything, my all in all, my identity, everything that I had made myself to be. I just felt like, God, you made a fool of me. Like, God, I did things your way. How dare you? How dare you make me go through this when I, when I was faithful to you, when I was loyal to you? That's how you're going to do me? That's how it felt. That's literally how I felt. I was just like, why, 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 why me? Why me? You know? So we send off the email to all of our vendors, to all of our guests. Wedding's called off. We're broken up. He's talking that I love you forever. Da -da -da -da. I'm talking the same thing. You know, we're, we're reminiscing over all of the times we had together everything we experienced together. We're going over all of, oh my gosh. I'm such a cry baby. We're going over all of those feelings and like, Damn. I'm gonna have to edit this out because I'm not trying to be nobody's meme. We're going over all those feelings and everything we've been through and, you know, we're just holding each other and just like, um, we really held each other through the process, you know? That's one thing I will say. We knew we couldn't be together anymore, but we went through it together and we were holding each other through it. We were best friends before anything else, so that really helped with everything, um, the lack of sex made it so that our, our our relationship was more of a friendship than a romantic relationship, you know? So um, we really held each other through it. Through that week, we went through it together. We sent the email off together. We dealt with the reactions together um, and we support each other through it, you know? Because in spite of it, yeah, he, he messed up. But at the end of the day, that was still my person for what the hell? What is going on? That was still my person for five and a half years, you know, and we went through so much together, literally. I went through some of the lowest points of my life with him, and it's like, the funny thing about relationships is that, like, somebody can do you so wrong, you know? Somebody can hurt you so bad, and you can know somebody doesn't deserve you anymore, and that you shouldn't be with somebody anymore, but then 
there's still so much good in that relationship that makes it difficult to let go of you know that is just like damn if we could have just got all this other stuff right then you know but anyways that's neither here nor there um i guess i haven't really visited these feelings in a long time wow that's crazy i don't remember the last i think the last time i cried over this was probably like when it was happening wow one second let me get some tissue so yes the last time i probably visited these feelings was like in my therapy after i did therapy the year after and so 2016 is probably the last time i've ever shed tears over this i didn't expect this to happen but I feel like I'm really reliving those moments as I'm sharing it right now. But yeah, so relationships are just so funny that way, you know? And that's why you can never really judge somebody who stays in relationships that they shouldn't be in longer than they should, you know? It takes a lot of courage and healing and self-work and inner work to convince yourself that you deserve better when you've been in a relationship for so long that to tells you otherwise. When you're in these toxic relationships, so much happens that damages your self-worth that breaks you down in ways that you really have to be intentional about rebuilding yourself that it's just like like i get it like i get it it's difficult but on the other side of that healing that self-work that getting out child is beauty and love like you cannot even imagine if i could tell anything to cast to the cast who's resurfacing right now who was hurting who thought her life was over who felt like this was the most excruciating thing that she was ever going to experience in her life if i could tell her anything it's that cast you have no idea what is on the other side of what you're experiencing right now you have no idea the life you are going to create for yourself after you heal from this. After you move on from this, you have no idea what is waiting for you. You have no, and I just want you to keep holding on because I promise you, baby girl, it gets better beyond anything you can even imagine. That's what I would tell the cast who is coming up right now in these these tears that's what she would have needed to hear heal girl move on better love is waiting for you better experiences are waiting for you a better you that you don't even know exists is coming you don't even know the girl you're going to become you have no idea and you are going to love her so deeply so fiercely so wonderfully that you're going to look back at this experience and be able to smile and laugh about it can you imagine Chase. that's what i would tell her that's what i would tell her and that's what i'm telling you who may be experiencing something similar hold on hold on it gets better it gets better the beautiful thing about life and painful experiences is that if you can just take that pain and do everything you can to heal hold on to your healing do your therapy do your self-work travel do what you need to do I promise you what comes on the other side is better than you can even imagine or think. 
So back to the story. So now it's the week before our wedding. We're holding each other through this experience and we're crying. We're doing all of our letting go together. And um, I'm now having to move out of my apartment because I gave up my apartment, remember? And I have nowhere to go. He's moving into the apartment that we've chose together because he made more money than me at the time. So he could afford the rent by himself, but I wouldn't be able to afford that rent by myself. So my landlord had already found somebody new. So now I'm homeless and need a new apartment. Can you imagine? I gave up my apartment for this man and he knew he had somebody else. I gave up my beautiful apartment for this man. He knew he had somebody else. He knew I was giving up my apartment. And he let me do that. So now I done boost this man up, but there's some, listen, there's some that needs to be done as well, okay? So I move out my apartment. I put everything in storage because I don't know where I'm going at this point in time, right? And he's like, so the honeymoon, we had booked our honeymoon to Costa Rica and I had planned it with a, with a travel agent. We had this 10-day itinerary through four different regions of Costa Rica, four different hotels, co complete excursions, incredible adventure. It was going to be our first time outside of North America. So I'm like, what are we going to do about the honeymoon? Because it's paid for. There's no refunds. And he's like, well, I'm still going to go. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to take my brother or my uncle. I'm like, wow, brother or uncle? Sir, brother or uncle? Wow. Wow. I said, uh-uh, I paid for this honeymoon too. So if you're going, guess what? I'm going too. So we both decide, okay, I guess we're going to go on this honeymoon still. I'm not going to lie, deep, 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 deep down inside, deep, deep down inside, I did think that this was going to be a way for us to like, salvage our relationship and realize that you know we want to be with each other and i imagined it being this way for us to magically heal our relationship and come back together deep deep down inside that's not something i've ever spoken out loud but that's the truth of the matter i still loved him very much i'm 26 at this point in time i don't know anybody else in my 20s beside him he's the only person i dated throughout my entire 20s and where else i'm gonna go at the time so i'm thinking maybe to turn on some more lights let's do that so it's nighttime now so i needed to turn on some more lights so anyways i put my stuff in storage before we go and we head to costa rica together but this is my first time outside of north america my first international trip and i am blown away i'm seeing sloths monkeys i'm seeing all kinds of animals I'm like seeing all these things and experiencing all these things. And I'm just like, wow, I need to do more of this. Now, the trip itself was bittersweet because the longer I'm on the trip with him, the more I realize this is not the man I want to be with for the rest of my life. I can't tell you exactly what happened. I don't remember exactly the things that were happening, but I just remember the longer I was on the trip with him, the more grateful I was for the fact that we were not getting married while I, I thought that trip was going to help save and heal our relationship what ended up happening is I became more sure this was not the man I was supposed to marry and I was falling in love with travel I was finding a new love which was travel I 
was just like, wow, this is incredible. I just felt like this new me was being tapped into that I'd never seen or experienced. Like I felt so alive, so free. And it just made me feel like all these little problems that I have back at home felt so small in comparison to how big the world was, in comparison to how many people there were to, th to, to meet, how many experiences I had to, to experience. I felt like, wow, how can I sit back and cry about what I'm experiencing when I have yet to experience the greatest and happiest moments of my life yet? The world has yet to show me some of the things that I don't even know exist. I have yet to meet people that will love me deeply in ways that I've never been loved before. And I'm sitting here crying about the past. No, 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 no. I need to experience more of this beautiful world. I need to experience more of this big place. I need to tap into more of, of me that I haven't experienced that is yet to be discovered in these new places, in, these, in, this, in this great big world. And that's how I felt. That's how I felt in Costa Rica. And I remember meeting this guy on this on this beach and he was in Costa Rica learning Spanish with this program called CPI. And I was like, oh, I need to do this. I'm going to come back one day to do this. So I got the school information from him. Basically, you live with a, a Spanish family and you take classes during the day and you're just immersed in, in Costa Rica to learn Spanish. So I was like, I'm going to come back one day to do this. So anyway, I don't think there's anything more to touch on on the trip. The trip was beautiful. We did San Jose. We did Manuel Antonio. We did Monte Verde. And we did... I cannot for the life of me remember the fourth region that we did. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. We did four regions of Costa Rica. It was beautiful, incredible experience. And we decided on that trip that since I didn't have nowhere to go, I was going to stay in the apartment with him until I found the new apartment. So we get back to Canada. At this point, after this trip, I'm a whole new woman. So I have my resolve. And I'm ready to go find this new cast in travel, okay? That's what I'm ready for. I, don't need, I ain't got time for this. While he was gone to work one day, I pack up all my stuff and I get a rental car. The rental car comes and picks me up because I didn't have a car at the time. And I book a hotel for the weekend, put my stuff in the car. I bring them to the hotel. And this is how I knew God was on my side and God was looking out for me. I get to the hotel and I had booked like the room that I could afford at the time. And I get to the front desk and they're like, oh, we've upgraded your room for no reason. They just upgraded my room. So I get into the room and it's like a complete like little apartment. Like it was the cutest space ever. And I just spend the whole weekend just crying and sleeping and praying, crying and sleeping and praying, and then searching for an apartment. Now it's the middle of the month right now. It was June 10th around, right? And I say to myself, I don't want to move back with my mom in Ottawa, but if I can't find an apartment by Monday, because it's the weekend and it's Monday the 15th, then I will move back to Ottawa and be with my mom, right? So I spend the week searching and I had certain criteria that I needed and I find an apartment that has my criteria and it's available for the 15th. And I go, I look at it and I love it and I tell her I want it. Can I get it? She's like, sure, give your my first gift, gives your first and last month's rent. I gave my first and last month's rent and by Monday I'm moving into my apartment and just spend the first week crying and praying, more crying and praying. And there were so many different ways that God showed me that he really 
was looking out for me and some of the stuff I've already mentioned but like I didn't have any internet yet and I didn't have money to get internet yet and you know it was 2015 at the time people don't leave their wi-fi open and some way, somehow, my next door neighbors had their Wi-Fi open and I was able to use that Wi-Fi for like the first two months that I lived there to job search and whatnot. Now, in this time, I remember that I wanted to be a flight attendant. And obviously, having just gone on this trip to Costa Rica, this this travel bug has been open wide. And while I was with my ex, I wanted to be a flight attendant as well. It was kind of like well, you know, it's not really a job for a wife. You're going to, we're going to, if we're going to marry, that's not really a good job, you know? And I just wanted to, to be whatever he wanted me to be. So I agreed and didn't pursue it. So now I'm single and free and able to do what I want. So I'm like, let me apply to be a flight attendant again. And obviously, again, I want to travel. So I applied to like five different airlines. And I think a week after I get an email from WestJet inviting me to an interview and I go to the interview and I think I did really well. A week later, I get an email asking me back for the next interview on June 24th, 2015. The reason why I remember this date is because that's a month to the date when I was supposed to get married. We were supposed to get married May 24th, 2015 and my interview was June 24th, 2015. So I go to this final interview and they let me know that they'll get back to me within a week or two to let me know what the outcome is. On my way home while I'm driving, because at this time I finally have a car, I get an email saying I got the job. So literally a month to the day when I was supposed to get married, I got the new job as a flight attendant. And I remember driving home, I called my girl and I was like, I got the job, oh my God, I can't believe it, my life is about to change. So I go in for training, I passed the training with Flying Colors, which is a month out in Alberta, Canada. And I officially started flying in line starting November 2015. Now, my ex-fiance and I did get back together during this time. This is why I said I can't judge nobody. I can't judge nobody. But I was already a flight attendant. So what was he going to do? So we got back together for like six months. And um, after, I'm not even going to go into details because you know what? We don't have all the business out there. But what did it didn't work out? I was so checked out of the relationship. I didn't trust him no more. We were really trying to pick at scraps to put together something that was terribly broken. And so within six months, we were broken up for good. And at during this time, I'm starting to travel as well. I'm starting to experience this new side of cast that I didn't even know existed. But I was only getting a little taste of it while I was still with him, you know? So October 2015 is when I started flying. And then April 2016 is when we officially broke up for good, for good, for good. Really like March, but the whole of April, we didn't speak to each other until we finally like had the conversation and said, he was like, I feel like I'm in this relationship by myself. And I was like, you are. And um, we just kind of like, okay, so. Bye. So we ended it for good. I left. I blocked him on everything. And I did not look back. I was so proud of myself. And that man had a stronghold on me. Okay? How do you get engaged, get cheated on right before your wedding, call off the wedding and get back with that man? That's how you know I loved him. I love that man so much. My gosh. This is my problem as a Pisces, you know? When I love, I love hard. 
I'm just one of those people who just believes that like when you love some, well, I believed at the time that when you love somebody, there's nothing you can't get through and overcome. You know, there's nothing you can't forgive. And I, that has changed for me now. But at the time, like I've always been the person who just feels like if I love them, why can't we make it work? You know, so that's where I was at with my beautiful little hearts. God bless her. So anyways, April 2016, we broke up and then I really started to travel. That's really what I started to like really go out to places, use my flight benefits and travel places. And I was finding a new part of myself in every country. I was shedding old layers of myself, you know, and I was slowly becoming this new woman. And this is the beauty of travel. This is why I love about travel the most. In every country, I have discovered a new part of myself. And I truly believe that in every country you travel to, there's a part of you that's waiting to be discovered. There's a part of you that you're waiting to find that you haven't, you haven't learned yet, you haven't met yet. And that is the most beautiful part of travel. And why I believe travel is so useful in healing and self-discovery because these parts of myself that I'm discovering are parts that I needed in order to heal and get past what I had just gone through. There are parts of myself that I didn't know existed that I needed to tap into in order to heal, in order to become the strong, bold, confident woman who loved herself and knew what she deserved and knew what she wanted. I had to go to these countries and piece that together. In the comfort of my home, I would not have found that. I would not have become this woman that I am today in the comfort of my own home. So I'm traveling to these places and I'm also shedding my old identities. I'm discovering who Cass is without the identity of the perfect girlfriend, without the identity of the perfect big sister. A large part of what I didn't tap into in this story was that I was raising my sisters throughout this time. That was a big part of what travel helped me break free from as well throughout my 20s. And since I was 10 years old, I've been raising my, sis my youngest sister and my second sister since I was 14 years old. And I officially became their legal guardian when I was 21. And so throughout the time that I was with my ex, they were also my responsibility. So I was a mom, a play wife, and living my life for everybody else but myself. And so travel now gave me this escape from that world. Obviously ending wedding was my first step into that. But then now that I'm traveling, I'm having less time to be readily available for my family and all these responsibilities that were mine before. And I'm not gonna lie, it was a challenge for me. It was really, really difficult because I felt so guilty. I felt really guilty about no longer being so readily available for my sisters, you know? My sisters have been through it and I was like a mom to them. And so now that I'm choosing myself, it felt so selfish. If, oh, like, how can I choose me when my sisters are at home and need me there to be there for them? And I struggled a lot with that in the beginning. I struggled so much with feeling guilty about not being readily available for my family all the time. Like I was letting my sisters down, you know, like by choosing myself. I was letting my family down by choosing myself because I had been so used to it being normal for me to live my life for everybody else but me. That was my normal. When people would say to me like, you are raising your sisters and be shocked by that. Like to me, that was... What else am I supposed to do? They needed me, so I stepped in. What else am I supposed to do? That was normal to me to sacrifice my own happiness, my own well-being, my own mental health 
for my family. And to be honest, I would do it again in a heartbeat. My sisters are my everything to me. And as much as our dynamic has changed now, I would do it again. I love my sisters dearly. And my little sisters are my world and they help shape me into who I am today. So I spent my 20s just living for everybody but myself. And so it felt wildly selfish to change that. And for people like me who spend their lives giving, 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 giving and being okay with that, when you make that shift to now choosing yourself, that is such a hard transition. And it was a very hard transition for me, but travel was so key in helping me make that transition and helping me be okay with choosing me because it was like I'm escaping to this other world and I was loving who I was becoming and I was loving who I was discovering and what I was discovering and the people I was meeting that like it left me no choice but to keep chasing this and I knew that I needed it and I remember having a conversation with my sister and she said to me Cass you know like I just want to let you know that I'm so proud of you. I know you're not able to be there for us as much and you're not here, but I'm so proud of you for choosing yourself and living for yourself. And I remember crying like because it was just like to hear that from her, to hear that like it was okay with her just gave me the boost to like keep going. It gave me the confidence to feel like it's okay for me to choose me. My sisters are okay. They're okay, you know, they'll be okay. You can choose you now, Kaz. You can choose you. Granted, eventually she was kind of like, okay, like you're choosing you too much now. Can you come back? Like, but I know that the journey and the path that I've been on was a necessary one. And so I became this flight attendant. I started traveling the world and I decided that I would delete all my photos off of Instagram and I would only post when I travel. Reason being, I had just been through this incredibly traumatic experience and I had done it done so publicly. My ex and I, everybody knew us, you know, our breakup was very public. And so I had gone through this traumatic experience with a bunch of eyes on me. And now I decided that I no longer wanted to put my personal life on Instagram. I only wanted to have like this very surface level Instagram where I only post when I travel. That's literally how I decided to start a travel page. So I changed my Instagram name from Free Love Poetry because I was a poet at the time to Bella Worldwide, because my name is Cassie Isabella, and that's where that came from. I felt like Bella Worldwide sounded a lot better than Cassie Worldwide. So I changed it to that, and I just started posting travel photos only. And slowly but surely, my page started to get traction. And I still remember the first travel company that reposted me. It was Urban Travel. And I just felt like, okay, I'm an influencer. When my brand partnership sat, and I felt so gassed. I think every travel content creator remembers their first repost and shout out to urban travel for being that for me it was my photo in jamaica and i thought that was the bombest photo anybody ever took or anybody ever saw i remember at the time so i'm traveling the world i'm discovering new parts of myself and i'm healing i'm healing a lot of people would be like you went through something so traumatic like calling off your wedding how did you bounce back so quickly and I have travel to thank for that. When you are traveling the world and meeting new people and experiencing different parts of yourself and meeting parts of yourself, it's impossible to see your problems back at home as anything but minuscule in the grand scheme of things. How can I be crying over one boy, over one event in my life? 
when there are billions of people in the world that I meet that I have yet to meet and that I'm experiencing daily hundreds of countries that have new experiences to show me and new events to to bring happiness to me and erase what I've experienced so travel became like therapy for me and along with traveling I was also going through therapy I was doing therapy I was doing my self-work I was doing my healing work and that's that's something that I want to emphasize as well travel alone cannot save you and heal you it's a great tool for self-discovery to accelerate your healing process but it alone cannot heal you it needs to go in pair with like community with therapy with all those other tools that are so useful and beneficial so traveling the world at the time that I started to do it saved my life and it did it time and time again so my page is growing I'm building community I'm meeting all these people and whenever I would travel also, I would be like, hey, I'm traveling here, who's here? And I would literally meet up with my Instagram travel friends like all over. So fast forward to 2017, I take my first solo trip and I take that trip to Costa Rica. My first solo trip, May 2017, or it might've been April 2017 was to Costa Rica. The reason why it was solo is because none of my friends wanted to go with me. I didn't have friends in Toronto who wanted to travel with me or who were brave enough to travel like that. So all of my travel friends I've met through my Instagram community. Some of my closest and best friends to this day I've met through the Black Travel community on Instagram. So remember how I met that guy on the beach when I was on the honeymoon who went to the school called CPI? I kept true to my word and went back to Costa Rica to do that schooling. So I lived with a little Costa Rican family. I went to CPI during the day and I was learning my Spanish. And honestly, it was the most exhilarating thing ever. And my travel bug was just being unleashed, unleashed, unleashed. So I was just amazed by these places I was going to. And again, discovering different parts of myself in all of these countries. And I just kept going. So I'm now being introduced to this Black travel community that I didn't even know existed. Because in Canada, Black people don't travel anywhere but New York, Miami, and the Caribbean. Because travel is very expensive for Canadians. So I'm being exposed to this Black travel community that I didn't even know existed. And I'm just like, wow. Throughout this travel community, I also met Sed in the city, who was my former business partner. And at the time that we met, I was hosting now Tra black travel meetups in like New York and stuff like that. So wherever I was having layovers, I was utilizing my layovers to host meetups for black travelers who wanted to network and meet each other. So this is now fast forward to January 2018, right? And said who I met through the travel community and we had been talking on Instagram for a while. He says he wants to plan a group trip to Thailand. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, if you need any help with it, let me know. And he hits me back and he's like, I was actually going to message you and ask you for your expertise. So we hop on a Zoom call. Sorry, it was Skype. We hop on a Skype call, having never met in person. And we just we just ride through how we're going to plan this trip. We decide to start looking for villas and we find this beautiful villa in Thailand. And I think a week after that, after hashing out how we're going to do this trip, we launched Bella Worldwide and Send the City present Thailand 2018. And the trip sold out in like two seconds. So without ever having met each other, just through the strength of this Black travel community, Seth and I decided to plan this group trip together. And so from January to September, we just talked, 
hashed out different plans and we just literally would talk like every day. However, in this time, I was still building my travel page and I started to feel really, really depressed. I think that I was going through a lot with my family. Like I said, I was transitioning from this relationship with my sister and I was still also figuring out who I was without being now the sister who saves the day all the time, the sister mom. And so while I'm happy and traveling and traveling is changing my life, it was still difficult letting go of that old version of me. I remember this point in time right before our group trip to Thailand, I felt like, what is my purpose? If my sisters don't need me anymore, what am I here for? Because my identity was so wrapped around being needed and being everybody's savior, it was very difficult to like find purpose outside of that, you know? So I remember August, right before I went on this trip to Thailand, I also planned to do Asia for the first time. So I did South Korea and Vietnam as well, which changed my life. I was so depressed. I remember sitting in the car, waiting to leave for this Asia trip and thinking like, my sisters don't need me. My family doesn't really need me. Why am I here? And I just felt like this posting on Instagram also felt like so meaningless. Like I was like, why am I posting this travel content anymore? Like it didn't feel like it had any purpose. So I went into that trip to Asia feeling like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't want to be here. And again, I think that this is going to be another video in and of itself. But long story short, that trip to Asia, to Vietnam and South Korea, there was a point in that trip that where everything shifted for me. And so I went into that Thailand trip, our group trip to Thailand, on this whole different vibe. I went in there feeling unstoppable. And at the end of that trip, when I was hearing from people on that trip, this is my first time outside of America. This trip changed my life. I realized that everything that I had gone through Everything that I had been experiencing, everything that I had been doing, posting travel content and making myself this, this travel expert that led up to that moment, all of that, all of the experiences I had gone through were preparing me for this very moment. They were preparing me to co-create this incredible baby of mine, this group travel community that saved my life. As much as it changes other people's lives, it saved my life. And this Thailand trip was incredible. We come up with a hashtag. One of the girls on the trip, Noelle, she came up with it. It was called Bot and Bougie. So the currency in Thailand is called a bot. And so we played on that. So if you look up that hashtag on Instagram, you'll see like this trip went viral. We did a, a themed photo shoot and all of the travel pages were reposting us. We were just all over. So off the hype of that, two weeks after, we're like, let's launch another Thailand trip. So we launched another Thailand trip. It sells out in 24 hours. After that, I'm like, let's do Costa Rica. Because at the time, Costa Rica was like my favorite place in the world. And so we launched a trip to Costa Rica. It sells out in 24 hours. Then he's like, let's do Bali because he loved Bali as well. We launched Bali. Sells out. So now this is like November, October, November 2018. And we decide like, let's make a name for ourselves. So we spent two months brainstorming names. We were almost C-squared travels but we didn't become that and we land on the roman republic so within like a week or two i believe we had hit a thousand followers already and the community just continued to grow and grow and grow and um it was just incredible to watch because every week 
Seth and I would just be like, Cass, look at what we built. Like, wow, like, look at what we're building. And I wish Seth was here to share his side too, because we both related in that sense where, where travel really saved us and changed our lives in so many ways. You know, Seth was going through his stuff too, as I was when we started traveling. And the way travel just shaped us and changed us is why it's so amazing to see the Roman Republic grow into what it's been. So like we did our March Thailand trip and that went crazy as well. And my business partner said lived in Malaysia at the time. And we literally planned everything from him living there. So in 2019, we launched, I believe, four more trips for the rest of the year to Morocco. We had Bali, South Africa and Colombia. And Unfortunately, uh, May 2019, he passed away uh, during a meetup we had did in Atlanta. Um, he came to Atlanta to surprise his family and for us to host a meetup for our travel community. And he passed away that weekend. And that was probably like now the most traumatic thing I'd ever experienced. At the time, I'd never had somebody close to me pass away. And this is somebody who I was talking to every single day, you know, like every single, when I say every single day, I mean, if Seth and I didn't talk for a day, like, it'd be like, where are you? I haven't spoken to you in forever. And we used to spend like sometimes 14 hours on the phone together, just talking. He's falling asleep or I'm falling asleep, just planning, just planning, just planning like our trips and stuff and talking about all the plans we had for this and um and we only got to do two trips together you know we only got to do two trips together and um, before he passed away and then it was just like okay let's keep the gears going like what else are you gonna do again here i am placed in another situation that's just like this is so traumatic this is crazy that you're experiencing this. And I didn't think anything, but what else am I supposed to do but keep going? We had another trip to, to run two weeks after he passed away to Costa Rica. And so now this Costa Rica trip turned into a memorial trip. And to this day, it's one of our best trips yet. It was beautiful. We did an international land release for him. And um, from then until this day, like the aim has just been to keep his legacy alive, to keep his vision alive, to keep what he stood for, what we stood for and what we wanted to create alive and to keep building on that. And if he were to see what Roaming Republic has become to this day, he would be so freaking proud. That is a story of how travel change has saved my life. And I hope that it inspired you. And so now I sit here having built a travel community, having traveled so many different countries, and I sit here being the strongest, most confident, most bold, most healed version of myself. Despite everything that I've been through and everything that I've experienced, and even after that I've experienced even more traumatic things that'll be for another episode again, but I share this story to say that anybody who was going through something that might be life-altering, that might be excruciatingly painful, that might feel like it's the end of the world, 
I promise you, if you hold on a little bit longer, if you keep on your healing journey a little bit longer, if you dedicate yourself to not letting what you've been through define you, I promise you on the other side of that is purpose and hope like you can't even imagine, like you can't even believe because that's what happened for me and I've seen it happen for countless people. Bella gang, thank you for joining. I will see you on the next episode. If you enjoy this content, if you enjoyed what I've shared, like, comment, subscribe, share with other people, share your feedback as to what you'd like to see me do different. I'm excited about this journey. I'm excited about tapping into this new way of sharing myself. And I hope that my vulnerability, that my heart and opening that up to you guys help somebody. On that, what do I say when I go? I got to say something to come out. Um, Isabella world. Ooh, I like that. Isabella world. And you get to design it or something like that. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. But peace out. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I asked you guys to ask me any questions that you had about this story, my life, travel, anything, and I'll be answering them all for you next week. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on this international tea on relationships for the future. What do you want and don't want? Woo, Chile, where do I start?